us some time of teaching here. You can go, um, but I'm going to go ahead and dismiss our youth. So um, if you are in fifth through twelfth grade, you can go ahead to your time of teaching. I, if your mom's here, maybe hug them before you go. Uh, that'd be something good to do. Uh, moms, uh, we love you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, my name is John. I'm our uh, lead pastor here in Discovery, and. Uh, um, really, uh, if they, if there are there any kind of like first time moms here, first time celebrating Mother's Day, any that are out there? Uh, maybe not. All right. Uh, any kind of moms of teenagers that are out there? Okay. I, I think you deserve kind of some special recognition there. How about how about um, moms of? I'm gonna move these flowers before I trip over them. How about moms of? Um, how about if your mom, your kids are grown? Um, and you're not your kids are grow, groaning, your kids are grown. Um, uh, if you're one of those moms, would you just stand up for a minute? I want, I want to see where, uh, uh, yeah, I want to um, give you guys some special honor. It's awesome to see, see all of you here. You can go ahead and sit down. Um, but I want to give you some special honor. I'm spending this Mother's Day as I have for the last uh, 16 years. Uh, 3,000 miles away from my own mother, uh, who's on the East Coast where I was born and raised. And, and uh, so uh, I hope that there's somebody somewhere giving her some love and some hugs. And so um, I just figure while I'm here, I want to, for those of you who have uh, grown children um, and have seen them uh, grow and have raised them, um, just want to honor you uh, as well. Um, I'm uh, in kind of that stage of life where, like many of you guys out there, you may be kind of doing double duty um, where you've got your own mom, and then you've got uh, the woman that you uh, um, is mom to your children, and uh, you are uh, trying to make sure she has a good day, right? Especially for those young kids. Um, and so sometimes it's like like double duty. And and uh, um, the reality is, with uh, my uh, for those of you guys that haven't thought about it yet, um, the answer to what your day looks like is whatever she wants. Okay, so, um, and you may be in that season where what that means is, that means she gets a nap, all right, or maybe she gets a little bit of uh, folded laundry, something like that, right, guys? I know for uh, uh, my wife over the years, I've tried to do that kind of whatever she wants, and so sometimes that's led to some interesting Mother's Day moments where uh, uh, one Mother's Day, she wanted to go to Long John Silver's for lunch. Um, you know, that's like, if you don't know Long John Silver, it's, you know, basically fried fish. Uh, but that's what she wanted, uh, and so that's, that's what she got. Uh, the last couple years, uh, she wanted to go to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings um, to eat chicken wings and watch the New York Rangers hockey team uh, in the playoffs. And so the last couple years, that's what we did because it's what, what she wanted to do. And uh, this year, the Rangers are no longer in the playoffs, so uh, I've had to put a little bit more thought into it. In fact, uh, the, on Thursday, somebody asked me, what are you doing for Mother's Day? I said, I, I really need to think about this. Um, we uh, should not take moms for granted. Amen? Okay? And, and so um, that means more than just kind of on one day. That means uh, that we honor them. That means that we appreciate them. That means that we uh, consider uh, them. Okay? Not just on one day, but throughout our life. Now, the big point that I want to discuss with you today is that as followers of Jesus, as uh, fully devoted people to Christ, um, being fully devoted to Christ involves honoring parents. Okay, if we're to be followers of Jesus, that, that we are to honor our parents, and that includes on this day, um, moms 
as well. So, um, you know, that may sound like it's a good point, and it may sound like, hey, uh, that's something, but I would venture that um, many of us probably haven't heard a sermon on that since we were kids. You know, many of us may think, well, honoring your parents, that is an awesome, amazing message for our kids, but it's also uh, still a, a message for us, and I would venture to say that um, it still is for us, and that one of the things that I've been convicted in is that honoring of our parents, even as we age and get older, is something that is a missing element in our discipleship in the church today. I mean, think about uh, some of your college students here. You're far from home, and maybe you're appreciating your independence. What does it mean to honor your parents in this stage of life? Um, some of you are maybe young marrieds. You've just kind of done the kind of leave and cleave uh, the home uh, type thing. And so you're building your own family. But what does it mean in that stage to honor your parents? Some of us are, uh, like I say, kind of busy with our families. as well. How do we honor our parents in that stage of life? And as our parents grow older, as we grow older, how is it that as followers of Jesus, we are to honor our parents? See, full devotion to Christ, I believe, includes honoring um, our parents. We talk about the value of being cross-generational here uh, in Discovery. And the way that we always often talk about it is kind of the top-down. Those of us who are older men, older women, we are investing in the younger men, uh, the younger women, that we are teaching, that we are caring, that we are guiding and providing for those who are younger than us. But at some point in our discipleship, there's also a shift that looks uh, upward, where we look at the generations that are older than us, and how it is that maybe we honor our parents. Look, think of this example. Um, when I was um, young, I wasn't in youth group yet, but um, I got to tag along on a youth group trip that was tubing uh, down a river full of rapids in New York. And so I was probably about 11 or 12, and so we showed up to the place, and um, it was down kind of this pretty rough river, and they said anybody under 12 years old needs to wear a helmet. You know, that's not the coolest thing. You're trying to uh, kind of be with the older kids, and you have to put this big hockey helmet on, and, and uh, you know, you need a tube that has a bottom. They take care of it. But, um, and so my mom is taking care of me and, and uh, moving me along there. Sure enough, we're going down the rapids, and I get flung out of my tube, and, and there's, there's my mom kind of uh, grabbing onto me, holding onto me in the midst of these rapids, uh, getting my tube back, helping me. Fast forward uh, about five years later. Now I'm, you know, an uh, upper teenage boy. I, I've put a little bit of girth on me and no longer have to wear the helmet. Um, uh, but there I am tubing, and my mom is once again on the trip. And this time, it is me looking out for my mom and saying, Mom, uh, maybe you should put the helmet on. Maybe you should get the tube with the bottom. And sure enough, as we're going down the rapids, this time she's the one that is flung out of the tube. I'm the one that needs to grab on and help her stand in the midst of that. some point in our discipleship, we make that shift. And we need to consider those who are older than us. And further, we also need to consider what it means to honor our parents. Now, I venture that there are probably all kinds of reasons why we may not do it. And maybe it's busyness. 
I mean, we're busy with our own children. We're busy with our own things of life. We've got our dreams. We've got our goals. We've got our careers that we are pushing hard on. Um, and maybe we'll, we'll get to that later. Maybe it's distance. Maybe you, like me, are distant enough that in everyday thinking, it's just kind of a, a phone call that gets put off till later. Um, maybe there's something deep in your heart. Bitterness, resentment, hurt that's been kind of unresolved for years, that when you think of mom, it's more of a source of, of hurt and pain than something that is joy and celebrating. And it's for these reasons that there are all kinds of reasons why we maybe do not honor our parents that I, I want to not give us hallmark today. I don't just want to give us a, a phrase that would be on a card that says, yeah, that'd be nice to do. I, I want to give us gospel because uh, when we hear a truth from God and the gospel works within us, then we can actually accomplish what we normally do not in our days. And as a church, um, I, I think we need to consider this area of our discipleship. So I'm going to take us to the gospel of John, um, John chapter 19. Um, if you need a Bible, you can put up your hand. One of our servers will bring you a Bible. Um, otherwise, you can find it on the app. Um, you can pull it up right there. You can see it on our screen as well. John chapter 19, we literally go to the cross of Jesus. In John chapter 19, Jesus has been beaten, he's been mocked, he's been uh, illegally tried, and now he's hanging on the cross. All his followers have deserted him, all except for a handful. And he gives a few words that are recorded in Scripture, a, a few phrases, a few last teachings uh, from our Lord and Savior. And one of those words comes in John chapter 19. In the midst of all this mocking, it says this. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Jesus, every word that you breathe out on earth was with purpose. God, every word that is recorded in your scriptures is for a purpose, and it's for a purpose for us today. So I pray that you would give us uh, ears to hear. I pray that you would open our hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come, that you would apply your great truth to each one of us, whatever situation we're in. God, I know that we're gathered here, all different backgrounds, all different situations, circumstances. Minister to us, and Lord, just use me to be part of that. In your name we pray, amen. Last words from the cross that Jesus gave. Words of significant, words of meaning. If there's seven words and one of them is from Jesus to his mom, what is it about? Now, there's a theological truth that's held in these scriptures. And the theological truth is this, that in give, giving John and Mary to each other, Christ breaks the earthly ties of family. The reality is this, the cross demolishes earthly family ties. Now, I will tell you, I recognize that that is not the most hallmark, tweetable, sweetest moment on this Mother's Day. But it's also the reality. I can assure you that Jesus is not saying not to love our family members. 
But, but consider this. For those of us who come from family backgrounds that were less than loving, those of us who come from family backgrounds that were filled with pain, consider the hopeful words that come from the cross here. That it's not about our family background. It's not about our earthly ties. The cross brings together those who are not related, those who are not of the same bloodline by a new bloodline that is Jesus Christ. And Jesus gave his blood that no matter what our family background is here today, he's brought us together as one big family of God. And what that means is that if you're a mom here and you showed up and you don't know where your children are or they haven't called in a while, that you are in the family of God here. That means that if you are a, a son or a daughter and your father or your mother haven't been in your life, in the church, in the family of God, there are fathers and mothers for you to care for and for them to care for you. For those of you who maybe have been struggling to have children of your own, that you know, you're not identified by what you're able to do naturally because God has supernaturally given you the opportunity to bless others, to be part of his family. See, this theological truth is awesome and wonderful. It's the good news of Jesus and his cross. But there's also a very practical reality that Jesus gives us here. And the practical reality is that he looks on the need of his mom. He looks on the sorrow of his mom. He looks on the grief. He looks on the care for his mom. And he gives a practical means to that care. I mean, consider this. Jesus has been through an ordeal that none of us can fathom. He's hanging on the cross about God's purpose, suffering, going through a trial of his own. And in the midst, he looks down and he sees his mom. And he feels that is it important enough in the midst of saving the sins of the world to speak a word and make sure that mom would be taken care of after her son is gone. And so he sees a beloved disciple named John. It was one of his most beloved, the only one that was still sitting at the cross. He says, John, behold your mom. Mom, behold your son. Go, take care. And Jesus provides the practical means to be able to take care of his mom. That's huge for us. Jesus is about his purpose. Jesus is about what he's about. And many of us, we may say it's hard to honor our parents when we're about so much uh, in our own lives. But Jesus speaks and he gives us this. Now, I don't know when he looked on Mary, what did he see? Maybe he looked and he saw um, the teenage girl who that when an angel appeared and said, you're going to have a son. She simply said, let it be to me according to your word. Maybe he looked and he, he saw the, the teenager who was pregnant without a husband and endured the ridicule and endured the scorn because God had given her a word. Maybe he looked and he, he saw the, the mom that ended up in a barn holding him as a baby. And maybe he saw the mom who left him in the temple one day and forgot about him and went on the journey back home. And had to come scrambling back and, and found him there. You see, Mary wasn't perfect either. Maybe you left your son somewhere at some point. Maybe he saw the day that she showed up after he had started his ministry. And he was uh, teaching that he was the son of God. And Mary showed up with uh, Jesus' brothers and stood outside and said, Go in and get my son. He's acting crazy in there. And Jesus had to say, my family 
is in here, the ones who hear my word, and how to have that kind of confrontation about God's purpose. Maybe he saw his mom who one day lost her husband and the grief that she endured. Maybe when he looked down there, he saw the, the mom who had been faithful to carry out God's plan and was still faithful at the foot of the cross. And Jesus looked and he, he saw his mom and he provided for her and he cared for her and he honored her in that way. Imagine the honor bestowed to, to that, that faithful mom that had done God's purposes, not just caring for a boy, but had done God's purposes. And so what, what I hope that maybe we would think through uh, today is, is what does it mean in view of Jesus, what does it mean for us as his followers to honor parents as well, both parents that are our earthly parents and both um, those in the church that we are part of? Um, because uh, Jesus seems to have done something with this. So what do we do with it? What do, what do we think about today? I have to say that I don't think that our culture, our society is doing great with this. I mean, would you look out and see that there's an honor that are bestowed on parents or there's honor bestowed on those who are aging? Uh, would we look out and say, uh, you know, as a society, we're, we're, doing, we're doing great with this. And you want to know where our society is at, actually? Um, we are getting older and older because of medical advances, which means there's going to be more and more of us that are on this planet longer. And in fact, right now, one in five uh, people are considered senior citizens right now. As we go to uh, about 15 years from now, one in three are going to be uh, older citizens. And so for us, there's maybe look to societal answers or... We can also look to the fact is, how do we follow Jesus in view of this? You know, there's a scripture in 1 Timothy chapter uh, 5, um, where, okay, after, these are instructions to the church and how we're to live, and here's what it says, 1 Timothy 5, verse 3 says this, honor widows who are truly widows, and the specific application here is for widows, those who have lost uh, their husband. Uh, but if you think about that, back in that culture in that time, those were uh, people who had gotten older and didn't have the practical means. And so how is the church supposed to care for those? Does this. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents. For this is pleasing in the sight of God. If Somebody has children or grandchildren. Let those children or grandchildren learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents. This is pleasing to God. It continues and says this in verse 8, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Those are, those are some strong words for those of us in the church who consider ourselves believers. See, as a church, we are here to care for those who do not have in their own family. We are here to be family to those that are lacking. But 
as a church, we also expect and, and grow and learn as children and as grandchildren to honor those because it's pleasing to God. Because God calls us to look to our own household, and that includes not only those younger than us, it includes those who are older than us. So what, what do we do with these, these scriptures? And again, I fully recognize as we talk about, for those of us, there will be some of us who are like greatly encouraged, say, yeah, you know, I'm going to call mom today. I'm going to, you know, love her. I'm going to honor her. I'm going to make sure she's doing okay. Um, but there's others of us that just says, John, you don't know my family. You don't know what I've been through. And you're right, I don't. But I do know the gospel that Jesus has given us. And it is a gospel that calls us to recognize God's generosity, God's love for us while we were still sinners. And it is a gospel that calls us to love even our enemies, to seek to forgive as we've been forgiven, uh, to seek healing through the cross of Jesus, through the power that only he brings. So I don't expect that for if you find yourself in that situation today, that it's just a quick, easy answer. But as we grow in the gospel, as we follow Jesus, we need to look at what he has for us. I want to give us today three gospel-centered actions for us as we follow Jesus when it comes to honoring parents. And number one is this, gospel-centered care. And I'll define care for us similarly to what I do with, with compassion, um, which uh, it's a turning of our eyes and our hearts towards someone in need. It's seeing needs. It says in this scripture in John 19 that Jesus saw his mother. Now, how often do we fail to see? I mean, we're, we're busy. We've got our own trajectories. We've got our own things that we're doing. How often do we fail to see? I think the first step is to see those. And I hope to just kind of raise that for us today to see, okay, this is part of our, our walk with Christ. I'm thankful for a day, a holiday, a Mother's Day that raises this up. Um, God gave us holidays. You know that in the Old Testament, he gave his people feasts that they could remember. Uh, so that when they became forgetful, that they would remember the importance of this to God uh, and to, to us. And I think this is important to God. So we give thanks for a day and we remember and consider for a day. But we also need to make care, turning our eyes towards parents, part of our everyday. Secondly, gospel-centered provision, attending to the practical needs. Attending to the practical needs. My mom uh, is a widow. She has been for the uh, last 15 years. That means that she has many practical needs. I give thanks that she is part of an amazing uh, church. My siblings are nearby her. Uh, she's relatively well cared for, okay, practically. Um, but I also recognize that there's a lot of things that she still needs from her son. She needs uh, words of love. She needs the weekly phone call. She needs some uh, encouragement uh, because that means something to her, and that lifts her up, and that, that keeps her uh, moving forward. So as we see the needs of those, how do we care practically? Um, what does that look like for you? And, and it gets very difficult, right? Some of you have aging parents. I'm Part of my conviction is over the last couple of years, as I've gotten a little bit older, I've watched either my siblings with in-laws or I've watched um, other friends that have aging parents. 
And it is an extremely difficult stage of life. I think in many ways harder than even dealing with our own kids. The things that, that we go through as uh, maybe the mind is not what it used to be. It's very difficult. And I have, I know, here's my conviction, we have never talked about this in this church. And I would venture to say that there are not a lot of churches that are really addressing. We talk about being parents to kids a lot, but do we talk about being kids to parents? And many of you are in this spot right now. And it is so stressful. It is so time-consuming. It is so emotional, and you're walking through it alone. What you are doing is you're honoring Jesus by honoring, caring for, providing for your parents. We need to walk alongside each other in that. We need to see the needs. We need to care for those needs. Finally, I would say this, gospel-centered honor. The high place of a mom. You know, it's significant that when God sent his son to the world, he decided to do it in the way of humanity. That, that he would call uh, a young girl to be the mom of his son and bestow on her that honor. And when Jesus speaks to her at the cross, it's not just a son caring for a mom. No, it is bestowing an honor on her that she has faithfully pursued God's purposes, that she has surrendered to God's purposes in the birth of this son. And for any mom that is out, we talk all the time from kind of like the kid point of view. When I say kid, I mean no matter what age we are. That uh, you are special, that you've been given a calling from God, that, that you have been created for God's purposes. Well, God used a mom in that Psalm 139. It says that we are knitted together in our mother's womb. Uh, there is a high place of honor for a mom. And we are to give the honor that is due. In Proverbs chapter 31, it talks about a woman that is to be honored among others. And down in verse 27, it says that a woman who honors God looks well to the ways of her household, does not eat the bread of idleness. Hey, any moms out there, I know that you are not idle. You are busy. You are working. You're providing for your household. You are doing those things that are extremely difficult, that seem mundane, that seem purposeless. But God would say that they are purposeful, and you are to be honored for that. Her children, it says, rise up and call her blessed. Maybe that's not what your children are saying now, but one day. They will rise up and call you blessed as you have invested in him. Her husband also, he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Moms, let your works praise you in the gates. I pray that this church would be a place that when a mom walks in here, regardless of whether you feel perfect or imperfect, regardless of what that Sunday morning looked, that you would be praised and that you would be honored. Because God honors you. God has called you to a high purpose. I pray that we would become a people in view of Jesus and in light of his gospel, continuing growing to be people who care and provide not only for our earthly parents that have the same blood as us, but from our parents around us. 
who have been united together in the family of God, and even those who are currently outside the family of God, that we would go and that we would visit and that we would care and therefore bestow the honor that is deserved. Now, this Mother's Day, as we've already said, this can be a great day of celebration for you. This can be a hard day for some of you. As I look at a Mother's Day message, it is extremely hard to walk through because there are as many different applications as people in the room. But that's where I'm thankful that I don't need to know everything about you because God does. He knows your heart. He is a loving God. He sees. He is a God who sees. If your kids haven't seen, if the world hasn't seen, if the church hasn't seen, God sees. And he wants to minister to your heart today. Holy Spirit knows what you need this morning. And if you need comfort, maybe he'll comfort you. He will comfort you. If you need guidance, if you need help, if you need strength, if you just need to be encouraged, the Holy Spirit is ready to minister to you. So as we wrap up this message, we're going to go into time just kind of a prayer and reflection. Maybe you're a husband, maybe you're a son. Maybe you're a father. What's the application for you today? Maybe you're a college student and you need to go make a phone call. Maybe you're a young married and you need to figure out what that means for you. Maybe you've been neglectful of of your parents. And maybe God's just bringing it back to your mind today. Maybe you're kind of really hurting and and this message has even brought up some different things. There's going to be people to pray for you. Okay, whatever you need today, pray, listen to God. Okay, we're going to come, we're going to take communion together. Um, A wonderful meal that has been prepared. We heard all the little kids say they like when food is prepared. Uh, God has given us a good little meal here. Okay, it's simple. It's a piece of bread and a a little bit of juice that we dip in. Um, But it's a meal to remember the, the great feast that God has given us through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. And we come together through his blood as one family. Okay, so we're going to come as the the band comes up. They're going to play us through a couple more songs. Come as you're ready to the tables. Sit and pray. Reflect. Write some things down if you need to. Come for prayer. It's available for those who are hurting, for those who need help. We just want to bring you to Jesus' feet. So let's go before him now. God, our Heavenly Father, you know us, you love us. You never showed us more love than when you sent your Son to the cross. And so God, as we come and we remember our brokenness, we remember our sin, we remember our guilt, we remember that we have missed the mark. We also are lavished by your grace and by your mercy and all you've given us. Jesus, during this time, we realize that all those sitting around us, all of those we grew up with, um, are also sinners. And the only way that we can forgive, the only way that we can love, the only way we can honor is by first remembering your cross. So Jesus, as we look to your cross, we need your strength. We need your guidance. We need your help in our time of need. Jesus, I thank you for your example. 
that you looked and you saw those that were hurting, those who were in need. And you stayed on that cross to give us everything. Help us to receive from you today, Jesus. I pray for your people here. We've gathered some to celebrate. Some just kind of going through the motions of life. Some of us thinking on different things. God, I pray that you would just help us to focus on what you have for us during this time. Would you speak to us? We're listening. In your name, amen.